Welcome to a new episode of I Mean Can We Discuss? And today I have a special episode lined up for you guys. This is episode number 16. I actually have the pleasure of interviewing Shatanya Sohan, who is an electrical engineer by day and an author by chance, as she says. She is currently a full-time engineer with dreams of becoming a full-time writer. She lives in California with her husband, her child, her mom, and her 90-pound German shepherd. A whole lot of goodness, right? She is also the author of America Deconstructed, which is a mesh of genres, but it's mostly talking about the stories of the various immigrants in the United States, giving it more of the emotional side of what immigrants have dealt with coming to America or while living in America. And she is also the first author that I've interviewed on this podcast that's published through a publisher. So I hope that from this interview, you guys gain some insight and you learn a few things. She also gives you a few tips. Um, So I'm not going to give it all away. So you guys can listen to it. But hopefully this interview will help you guys weigh your options if you're thinking about becoming a self-published author or if you want to become a published author. And hopefully you guys also become very interested in her new book that's coming out next month, I believe. So look for it, America Deconstructed. And before we get into the interview, I just wanted you guys to please, please subscribe, leave a review, tell a friend to tell a friend. I love reading the reviews. I am making it a point to read at least one review whenever there's a new review for the episodes. Um, so please, please, please subscribe, share, and inform your friends about it. You know, maybe they can gain some insight on this. And also for events that are coming up, I'm actually going to have my first, very first solo show, which I will have some featured artists and I will have the opportunity for people to to sign up for open mic, which will be March 30th at the Vision um, shop in Philadelphia in South Philly. So at the vision venue, it's called. So if you guys are in the Philly area or you're looking for a new poetry to listen to, please come out. Everything is out on Eventbrite, or you can go to my website at www.astridferguson.com. That's A-S-T-R-I-D-F-E-R-G-U-S-O-N. So thank you guys. And without further ado, let's jump right into it. You're listening to, I mean, can we discuss? And I am your host, Astrid Ferguson. We will be discussing different issues that can be debated, articulated, chopped up any kind of way. There's no real set way to this. It could be culturally, it could be socially, it could just be how we're feeling today. So you're here for the randomness, and I hope you're here to stay. So remember to subscribe, share, and tell me what you think. So here in the guest chair, I have Shy. Hi, Shy. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? 
I'm good. I'm good. So welcome to, I mean, can we discuss? Thank you. I'm excited. It's good to have you here. Um, so why don't you tell us about yourself in your own words and where people can find you? Um, I'm Chaitanya. I go by Chai, if people can't say it. Um, I'm an mm -hmm. engineer by day and I'm a writer uh, by hobby. I, um, I've been an immigrant. I came to the United States in 2001 and uh, I've been here ever since. I work as an engineer in the Silicon Valley in California. People can find me on my website. It's uh, www.csohan.com or they can just Google my book, America Deconstructed, and we're there on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and they can find us there and message us and get in touch with us that way. Okay. So um, your book, America Deconstructed, was that just recently published? Um, it's a long story. Um, it comes out on March 5th, uh, next month. Um, so it was published last year. So I think we signed the contract with our publisher. I want to say 2017, 2018. I'm not absolutely sure, but yeah, it just comes out in March. Okay. So congratulations on that. Thank you. <laughs> it's been a long journey. <laughs> <laughs> So why don't you tell us more about it, about America Deconstructed and why this book or story is so important to everyone to read today. America Deconstructed is a short story collection. It has about 16 stories. It's 184 pages long, so it's not a very big book. Um, the stories are about 10 to 15 pages long. Um, we, my co-author Shaima and I, we've been best friends since college and we're both immigrants and we bonded over our combined experiences as immigrants in America. And uh, that's where this book happened. Um, so we decided to interview 16 immigrants, two of them being me and her. And uh, we converted those interviews into stories. So the, this, the book is inspired by true journeys of people who came to America of course, to make it a story, we've added a little bit of fluff, a little bit of masala, whatever you want to call it, to make it interesting and to make it a story. But most of the events that are in the book are, you know, inspired by people's real events that happen in their life. Um, the book is important because it's a short story collection about immigrants, you know, and immigration is um, hugely debated around the world. In America, especially, it's a big topic right now. And this book gives a human face to immigration. You know, we, we're not talking about how these people came here, what their visa status is. Uh, we're not talking about any of that. We're talking about what happens after you come to America. You know, how does the assimilation happen? What are the cultural differences that happen as a result of speaking a different language or having an accent or having a hard name, which I'm a flag bearer for? And, you know, we talk about everyday situations that people go through that, you know, most people who are not immigrants don't necessarily know. Like, mm -hmm. you know, even me as someone who came from India, I thought, you know, when I entered San Francisco airport, that my, my, the hardest part of my journey is over. You know, everything else is going to be easy. I spoke English, you know, I listened to Backstreet Boys. <laughs> I knew it. I knew America, you know, but it's not the case because when you come here, it's a lot of very big differences and, you know, even if you speak English, you go through, you know, phases where 
you're not confident if people can understand your English or you don't know the slangs. And so the book covers a lot of those sort of experiences that people have when they come here. So if I'm not mistaken, this is your first book that you're um, introducing into the world? Yes, this is my first foray into being an author. Okay. <laughs> so with this being your first book, I'm I'm eager to know why did you choose to share these stories? Uh, I for me personally, I you know, I've been freelancing as a writer for a long time, mostly um to get money for, you know, pocket money to go to Burger King or buy coffee, <laughs> you know, in college. And uh, my friends back in India who knew that I wrote were like, why don't you write a book? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm an engineer. Let's just stick with what I know and I'm good at. And uh, in 2013, I decided that, you know, I wanted to write a book. And we decided this topic because I thought it would be um, a good topic because I never read a book that talked about the human side of immigration. And I thought it'd be a little fun thing. And we had a lot of funny stories, but it was me, but it was my co-author, Shaima. And we thought, you know, why not just write a book about this? And uh, and that's why uh, we decided on this book, or I decided on this book specifically. And also because I think when you're a new author coming into the writing world with no credentials of being a writer, um, I think getting content was, you know, through this book was easier because it was people sharing their stories. And then it was just the writing that, you needed to figure out and I thought it would be a good and easy step into the writing world Um, okay that's an interesting approach (laughs) (laughs) but it's good because it it provides the opportunities for others to share their stories yeah so and I wanted to I guess ask you this personally because like I briefly read Um, some of the things that you guys were sharing that's in the book but one that stuck out to me is that we often hear the word and stories of a refugee Mm -hmm. which is a a little different than an immigrant so can you tell us I guess what that really means to you and how that um, experience might differ from someone who's just trying to migrate to the United States? Absolutely. So an immigrant is someone who comes here by choice, right? So right. it's um, it's someone who, you know, comes here for work, comes here to go to school, or just comes here um, to make a better life. A refugee is someone who's forced to leave their country, mostly because of circumstances. It could be war, it could be you know, a situation that's happened back home, political situation where they think that their life's in danger and, you know, they need to move out. Another uh, big difference is immigrants are like the laws governing immigration or immigrants coming to the country are independent of the country, are dependent on the country. So the country decides what sort of paperwork, what sort of visa, what, what you're going to come into. For instance, if you're coming here as a student, you need a student visa, there are rules, you know, you need to go back to your country. There's other things that you need to provide. Uh, refugees usually come here by laws governed by the UN. So, you know, you apply for asylum and, you know, if you're accepted, then you come into the country. And, um, and so those are the big differences. One is by choice and one is sort of sort of you're forced into it. Right. And I don't think many people know that or what it's like to be a refugee so 
I, you know, I found it interesting when I hear those stories. I'm, I'm an immigrant myself, but I was, I'm one of those few that I was, um, I guess, fortunate enough because my father was a U.S. citizen uh-huh. and my mother, you know, she, she lived in Dominican Republic. So when I was born in Dominican Republic, I was born with dual citizenship. So it's mm-hmm. called a citizen born abroad. Uh-huh. Um, so I was fortunate in that aspect. But if I didn't have that, then I would have needed to go through the whole immigration yeah. and, you know, whatever the process is. But fortunate for me, I have two citizenships and I can keep it that way until I decide to, I guess, get rid of one. I love Dominican Republic. I've been there twice. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I love Dominican Republic too. It's just very hot, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> I always get asked if I'm from there and I get spoken to in Spanish. And I this one time the guy was like, are you sh-? like, he asked my husband, are you sure your wife is not from there? Like she doesn't have somebody she's related to. And he's like, pretty sure (laughs) so that was very cool (laughs) yeah there's you know there's very many looks to Dominican yeah there's not just one look so yeah you could definitely pass for it (laughs) so what was the hardest part about writing this book and what was the easiest the easiest part I would say was writing because um, writing comes easy to me and um, and I thought it would be a little bit more challenging, um, but it wasn't. Uh, so that was the easy part. The hardest part I would say was um, there were two things. So the first was getting the people for the book, right? I mean, people are very personal about their stories, about their journeys, you know, and um, there's a fine line between being intrusive and um, not And so for me, uh, being very private myself, it was very hard for me to ask people I didn't know the questions that I was asking. And if I was crossing that line, you know, and I was like, um, are you sure you want to share this? You know, so I had those difficulties. Uh, Finding people for the book was very hard. Uh, Me being Indian, I knew a lot of Indians um, and my my co-author knew a lot of Afghans. Uh, We knew a lot of Asians being in the Silicon Valley, the tech industry. Mm-hmm. We didn't know a lot of European immigrants. And the hardest thing about European immigrants or Caucasian immigrants is you never know who's an immigrant. You know, they just blend mm-hmm. in. You know, like we stand out for the most part, but these people just blend in. And I'm like, okay, I don't know how I'm going to find these people. And so we took a little different approach. We um, we went and we found immigrants uh, on various sites. So we found expats. Mm-hmm expats who had blogs that were interesting we just approached them and asked them if they want to be part of the book and so that was that was the challenging part in terms of finding diversity for the book because I didn't want everybody to either be Indian or Afghan that would just not make the book as interesting as we thought it would be um the uh, the other challenging aspect was getting the book published that was very very hard (laughs) yes and you you um I guess we can skip over this one but you are published, right? You're yes. not self-published. No. And that so was the how did hard you part. go about finding like your publisher? Uh, we so once we had the first draft of the book, I decided that as we are editing the book, we will query agents and you know 
whole goal was I was going to find an agent in New York and just be the next bestseller. Like that was what <laughs> I thought I was going to be. Um, agents were cool. I mean, you know, a lot of them were, you know, because the problem was the book is in between genres almost, right? So it's a nonfiction, but it's also a short story collection. And there's this general idea that short stories don't sell. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people were like, oh, it's short story. You know, we're not taking that. And then we started querying publishers. We almost signed with an agent. Um, it just so happened that we queried publishers who she would have queried the book to. So she couldn't query the book to them. And she said, I can't take you on uh, a lot of publishers. I mean, we got extremely positive feedback for the book. But then there were people who were like, oh, you know, the stories all don't connect. And I'm like, I honestly can't make each of these person related to the other person. Like, I don't know how I could connect the mm-hmm. dots between these people, you know. And so then we took a different approach. I I was sort of getting tired of, you know, just waiting around because we started the book in 2013. Mm -hmm. You know, it was five years already. And so there's this platform called Publishizer, which is a crowdfunding platform that connects authors with uh, publishers. And the way it works is you put your book um, or you put a few samples of your book and, you know, you create a video and you put it on their website and you get pre-orders from people you know. And if you meet a certain number of pre-orders, they start querying your book to certain tier of publishers. So if you get, say, 250, then your book gets queried to traditional publishing houses. We didn't make the 250. We didn't know 250 people, apparently. Um, And so uh, we just got lucky because our publisher, who's a traditional publishing house, ended up finding our book on there. And he sent us a message saying he was interested in talking to us. And that's how we found our publisher and went from there. Okay. So would you say um, you would recommend someone to go that route instead of self-publishing? Because there's there's always that double standard um, of whether you should self-publish, if you shouldn't, and then if you do self-publish, if it hinders your um potential of be, of becoming a published author it's there's so many stories so what would you tell anyone out there who is thinking about it I so that's exactly because you know all my information that I got in terms of this whole journey has been through Google and Google keeps saying that self-publishing is bad you can't be a you know you're hampering your um you know your your life as an author or your books and you know all these things but I honestly would just, I think people need to make the decision for themselves. I think for me, I was lucky. And I say that because I am an engineer and I didn't quit my job to be an author. Mm -hmm. So I had the leverage of having income coming in. So, you know, five years, 10 years, I'm like, you know, I'm going to stick my ground. I'm going to be a traditionally published author. A lot of people who decide to quit their jobs and become full-time authors may not be able to do that, you know, because you have, you have the financial aspect of the whole thing you know so I think it really depends on people and what they choose uh, for their book and for their writing career but if they do want to be traditionally published or I can't guarantee that they'll be traditionally published because again you know we got lucky like I said but it is a good avenue to just get publishers and then decide if you want to go that route or not but you know Publishizer is I think it's growing a lot more. They're getting a lot more visibility, um, you know, versus just being 
a little website that's helping publishers, you know, I mean, authors get publishers. So it's something that I think people should um, sort of browse and see if that's something that they're interested in doing. And if they are, then just go for it. It's not going to hurt you in any way. That's how I did it. I had one publishing house that we were talking to at the time that found out that we were on Publishizer. And she got upset at me and she was like, oh, you know, uh, you put your book out there. So now I can't sign you. But I was like, I've been going back and forth with you for five months now. Mm -hmm. You know, at some point I have to decide that, you know, I want to get published. And you know what I mean? There were no guarantees. And so this is the route I chose. And so people just need to, I think, decide. But I think it's worth browsing and seeing if you want to do it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's always important to weigh your options. So how long would you say that it took you to compile the book? I know you said it took, it's taken, what, about five years to publish it, but how long did it really take you to compile it? Uh, we had the first draft of the book by, I think I would say about a year and a half. Uh, so we started in 2013. Um, I started with my story because I wanted to see if I could write a story. And then I interviewed a friend of mine whose uh, story is in the book. And Again, I want I wanted to stay in my comfort zone with people that I knew I could mess up with and they'd still be my friends, you know, <laughs> and I converted his interview into a story and we just went from there. And, you know, as I because I predominantly wrote most of the stories and my co-author took care of all the editing and the other side of, you know, the books. Um, and so, yeah, so that's how we went about. But about a year and a half. OK. So. Now that you do have a publisher, I know some people share their stories on the contracting side. Um, what would you say was your experience or what would you um, suggest to others um, who is in the same situation about the contracting piece of a publisher? Um I really have no experience. I think it's my first book. So, um, I just went with the flow. I was like, you know, I read the contract. I had my stepdad and a few other people read the contract. And, you know, if everybody said, oh, it was, it's okay. And I'm like, okay, you know. Because, again, you know, for us, the biggest thing was we wanted, I wanted to get traditionally published. You know, that was my goal. I did get other contracts where, you know, um, I mean, there's a lot of scams there, you know, to be very honest. We had people who came out and said, hey, you know, you pay this much money and we will publish a book. And, I mean... I did at one point, to be very honest, consider it, you know, until I Googled it and they were like, do not do that. That's a scam. And I'm like, oh, OK. So, you know, um, so it worked out. Doing research definitely helps. Yeah. Um, and that's a tip for anybody out there. If you're if you're t trying to think or you thinking about going with a publisher if they ask you for any sort of money up front, that is not a publisher. That's somebody who's helping you self-publish. That's yes. very different from a publisher. Yep. And also, you know, you just, um, I mean, you got to take everything that's on the internet with a grain of salt, right? I mean, um, every publisher, you look at any publishing house, if it's not the the five big publishing houses, there's always bad reviews and good reviews. But, you know, you look at what's offered to you and, and you, you decide if, if it's good, then you go with it, right? I mean, it's just an individual decision, I think, you know, unless you have a Harper's Collins or someone like that coming, of course, you know, but 
the truth is it's very hard as new authors to get the get that visibility from these people you know and and honestly self publishing is work for some people like you know i was reading that you know still alice um the author of still alice the book that became a movie she was a self published author and her and you know and then i think one of the big agents picked her book up and then she became a published a not a, a traditionally published author so it works but i mean you know you just got to take a chance i think yeah i mean it's it's something for everybody i'm self published okay. but um and there's a lot of people who are self published and then they get picked up i mean one of the biggest um and you're probably familiar with her the, the poets of today rupi kaur uh-huh. that's how she started she self published and then she got picked up yeah the, the same thing with i believe her her pen name is el james the the 50 shades of gray author yeah. she started the same way yeah. so it's it's a journey you just have to you know just pick whatever journey is best yep. for you so do you have any future projects lined up or events that you um, want to tell people about for the book i, I do um in terms of events uh, i think we we're going to have a book launch i'm not sure when cuz we're still trying to figure out when the books are going to get to the stores um so we have that sometime in march i usually update my website with the events so people can actually um uh, find it on there but um i think i'm talking at walnut creek library in like april and may so again my website will have all that information um yeah okay I know you mentioned that you're an engineer. So how do you balance writing and family life and also having a full-time career? I sure hope that changes soon. <laughs> <laughs> um that's that's the goal. Um I want to put I mean hopefully uh god willing I want to be a part-time engineer and sort of concentrate more on writing. Writing's always been my passion. um just never um uh, decided to take it professionally until 2013 uh but it's been hard um i writing comes easy to me so when i do feel like writing i put on my headphones and i and i start writing but um i've been doing it only during the weekends now cuz i just started a new job so it's been a little hard to sort of write every day and so that's slow down my future projects but um but yeah it's been hard and i'm hoping that changes <laughs> I have a good support system so that helps for sure. Yeah, I I can definitely relate to that. We're in the same boat. Um <laughs> So, lastly, what advice or tips do you have for any other foreigners or immigrants who come to America chasing the American dream and still trying to preserve their culture? So I, again I think it's a very personal journey right I mean and I can say from my own experience when I came here I was a tomboy you know I had short hair I <laughs> wore baggy jeans and bigger than me sweatshirts and I played basketball pro- semi professionally in India so you know I was a tomboy I was the definition of tomboy um and and I came here and you know uh, girls had long hair you know girls dressed a lot different than me and for me i think it took 2 years uh, to kind of balance being true to myself and and becoming more america acceptable um uh, you know so i 
I changed my dressing a little bit. I wore tighter jeans. You know, my T-shirt's got a little bit more body fitting. But there are things that I said I'm never going to do. Like, you know, I remember when I came here, a lot of the Indian girls in college used to wear these long chandelier earrings. I said, no, that is not me and I'm not doing it. I, I'm not the makeup wearing kind of girl, so I don't, I decided not to go down that route. So these are things that I, I sort of, I kind of custom tailor made my becoming American to what I felt was right for me. And I, and I think it's patience. Patience is so essential. You know, you're not going to wake up one night, the next morning and just become the American version of yourself, you know, in whatever capacity, whether it's your language, whether it's you being comfortable going to a restaurant and ordering food, it's going to take time. You're going to have goof ups and that's okay. And I'm, and that's one of the reasons why we wrote this book and I'm writing the next book is mostly because of that, you know, that you just need patience. People are going to laugh at you and that's okay. You know, just laugh with them. You know, it's not a big deal, you know? Um, and I think, yeah, so my biggest advice is patience. That's what worked for me. It took me two years to just, uh, you know, like I said, just be- in terms of fashion, become what America accepts you versus, you know, just looking at you and be like, what, why is she dressed like a boy, you know? <laughs> and, um, and you just have to be true to yourself and just find the middle ground where, you know, you're happy that, you know, some people go all the way out, right? Like, I mean, I've known people who, when they came from India and, you know, they're, uh, they're a certain way. And then two years later, you know, they, they're totally different. I'm like, wow, but I could never be that person. And so, um, you know, I was very rooted to, I'm still very rooted to my culture. And um, to me, I thought that was wrong personally for me. I felt like I was cheating on my country by becoming fully Americanized, but it's a personal journey. Like I said, you know, there's no right or wrong. It's whatever works for you. Right. Yeah, But for you, was it helpful, I guess, forming that sort of group of friends that were in the similar boat, who were also Indians and were um, immigrants or, you know, still following certain traditions? Did those things help? Yeah, I would say so. And I think the one thing that I, I remember when I first came here was I met a lot of girls that um, you know, that were Indian because I was going, I was in engineering school that made things a lot easier for me. Um, and so that helped a lot, you know, because I went to an all girls school growing up and I think that was like my security blanket almost. And, um, and it helped, you know, we shared a lot of our experiences. And so, you know, that you're not alone, right? Like for instance, when you go to Starbucks and they can't say your name, and you're like embarrassed. But when you come back and you tell your friend who's going through the same thing and, you know, they're like, oh, my God, did that happen to me? And you're like, OK, I'm not a weirdo. It happened to someone else, too. So having that support system is very important. Um, uh, that definitely helped. But I mean, it was a little interesting for me. I had a lot of girlfriends that were all Indian and all of my guy friends were not Indian. So I had a good balance of both. Um, I don't know how that worked. It just so happened. Um, so, yeah, definitely. You need to have a support system. You you need to find a way to channel what you're going through, whether it's writing, whether it's music, whether it's talking to people. It definitely helps. I would agree. I would agree. So do you have any other information that you'd like people to know about you or the book or anything else you'd like to share? 
Um, like I said, the book comes out um, in March. It's a very small book, and I really hope people give us a chance and just pick up the book. And I'm, I mean, there's something for everybody. You know, there are stories about motherhood. There are stories about, uh, you know, college, romance, you know, intercultural romance. You know, there's there's something for everybody. There's refugee stories. There's war. There's Taliban escaping Taliban. You know, there's all of it. So, I really hope people do give us a chance and the book's available everywhere. Um, so if you just Google the book, you'll find links to pre-ordering the book. And I really hope people give us a chance. Well, thank you so much, Shai, for gracing the I Mean Can We Discuss podcast. I wish you so much success because I know as an author, it is very hard going through the whole process and you've done well so far and and, and you're traditionally published so <laughs> kudos to you <laughs> thank you thank you it was a lot of fun talking to you and if you need any help as far as um, if you're going to try publishizer let me know just send me an email and you know I could send you whatever information I have for your next book or for anybody for that matter if people need help and they're thinking about going the publishizer route and they have questions i mean you know my email's on my website and you can just email me and i'm, I'm more than happy to just share however it worked for us sure thank you so much for that information until thank next you. time guys and that was a wrap for the interview with shy and i mean can we discuss That was a wrap for today. Thank you so much for listening to, I mean, can we discuss? Don't forget to subscribe, follow us if you want to see what we're up to, what projects we're up to, and enjoy the rest of your day, night, wherever you might be. I was your host, Asher Ferguson, signing off.